0: Sam Cerner. Hello. As she takes a sip of her chamomile tea. Ooh, welcome I'm to like that, baby. welcome to my little uh, studio, which is really a bedroom turned studio, but uh, you're welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, yeah, anytime. Anytime. Um, <laughs> I first met you on the circuit. That's yes. where I've met all my guests. Uh, you are very, very passionate about stand-up. Yeah. Am I correct in that assumption? Yes. Yeah, because yes. I see you a lot around gigs, and you <laughs> hang around, and you watch every act.
1: And I run two gigs.
0: And you run two gigs. Yeah. You run a gig in Brunswick, Red. Yeah, Red Betty. Yeah, that's a great little place. It
1: is a great little place. It's um, what is it? An alley venue, back, back alley venue. So the first time I was there, I was like, oh, they're gonna steal my kidney.
0: It does look dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
1: no, but it's um, it's all good. It's but, a really lovely venue.
0: It is a lovely venue. Now, uh, your accent is Venezuelan. Yeah. So, I guess I should start at the beginning. Uh, (laughs) You were born and raised in Venezuela, and then you came to Australia when you were 24. Correct. Uh, Why that move? What happened?
1: Venezuela? Yeah. I mean, um, Venezuela is a... I can swear, right?
0: You can say whatever you want, just be up on the mic a bit. It is
1: a fucked up little place. It's got a communist dictatorship. So, it is like 20% of the people have left already. Wow. Yeah. So it was a no-brainer for me because I was young. Um, I got married. It is is such a phenomenon that the age of marriage, the average age of marriage in the country has gone down because it is very typical to marry whoever you're dating to leave because it is easier for visa applications. It reduces costs. All of my friends got married in their mid-20s.
0: Wow. That's so people could get the fuck out of Venezuela. Pretty
1: much, which is what I did.
0: So, there's a communist government ruling yeah. Venezuela. Has that been going for a long time? 22 years. Right. Or so,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're been, on the second guy.
0: Has there been a revolt or an attempted revolt, revolution mm, by many, the people? Many, many times. I mean,
1: this is coming because that is their whole message. They call themselves the
0: revolution. Um, and were you a part of that revolution where you were younger in Venezuela? Or like, did you support it? No. I mean, no, never. My family never did. Was there retribution if you did?
1: Yeah, I mean, at the moment, you would say you support the government to get food, for example. Fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is a full-blown dictatorship, Soviet style, pretty much. Which is why 20% of the people left, me included. But the thing is, it all happened so fast. In, In less than a generation, it all went to hell like that. When I left, my mom was upset. She was like, oh, I can't believe you're walking out on your country, on your family. And I was like, mom, I understand, but things are not looking great. She didn't understand that you needed to have a better life? No. I mean, at the moment, she, she did understand. It was happening quite a lot. She was not massively upset. She was like, oh, I wish you could stay. And then five years later, she changes the tune and she calls me. You need to help your sister get out. And I did. And now my mom and dad are in Miami. Wow, my mom was one of those people that you know she would go, and I understand that position because she's in her sixties. All of her family, all of her friends are in there, but it's just unlivable. She she came to the decision after a five-day blackout. It was a five-day national-level blackout. No power, no hospitals, no nothing, and that's when she said, "Yeah, take me out," and we did. And We are super lucky as a family that all of the pieces came together so they could get out because my brother became an American citizen. It is really, really, really difficult to get to bring your parents uh, to Australia. Almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So in the Trump United States, they already have a green card because my brother is a citizen. So.
0: And do you stay in contact with uh, friends in Venezuela? Do they do you touch base with them regularly to see how things are? Have they deteriorated? Yeah. Or?
1: It is. It is mind-blowing, the stuff that goes on in there. Um, but at the same time, if you were at a certain level, you somehow can make things work. You can still buy your way into things. Um, you can buy insurance. You can buy... Mm, uh, Generators. Lots of people have to have generators because power is so unreliable. Fuck
0: that! Yeah, diesel generators. So, having lived through that, Oof. what what do you have to say to people in Victoria oh, stop that are thinking <laughs> Dan is a dictator? Oh my god! This is a dictatorship. This is a, an assault on our freedoms. Yeah, I, I obviously don't. Like, get some agree fucking perspective. Like yeah, have a get chat a to, have Good a chat God, to Sam Serna for ten minutes <laughs> and then you'll be like, This is really okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, what is what is the freedom you're losing? You know, you're in your home, you have food, you have hospitals with anesthesia. Come on, man. Yeah.
0: How's get a COVID <laughs> in Venezuela?
1: It is surprisingly low. How come? Um, I don't know if it's the weather, if it's there are many theories about it. Because, obviously, the numbers that the dictatorship releases, you have to multiply by a
0: factor. Right. It's China-cooked figures. Yes, yeah. of
1: course. But even in that sense, they are low. After you take all of those factors in and you multiply by whatever. Um, I was talking to my therapist. She's the bullshit in Venezuela. factor.
0: You minus bullshit factor. It's yeah, still low. It's still
1: low. Uh, and they they have speculations. I, I do think, because a lot of people have left, and people really don't have jobs,
0: most people. What do they fucking do? I don't know, man.
1: That's, I, I had to stop following the news for my own mental health.
0: You can see how people get into crime or deal drugs. Oh, deal crime is one
1: of... like. Uh, uh, must be Grand Theft of Auto on the
0: streets there in Venezuela. Trigger
1: warning. Uh, most, uh, most people I know have been kidnapped. My father-in-law was kidnapped. And that was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. I mean, I'm divorced now, so I'm not, no longer related to them. But
0: at the moment, I was very involved. Who was kidnapped? My father-in-law. Now, can I ask you, what, was he kidnapped for a ransom to be paid?
1: Yeah, yeah, but...
0: So, if you're well off in Venezuela, mm-hmm. it's you need to have security.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They are not so well off that they can afford that. Okay. Everyone, uh, I have a friend in here in Australia, he was kidnapped twice, one of my other friends. I have a, my my best friends. he's gay, and he was kidnapped with his boyfriend. And while he was kidnapped, the criminals were telling them, oh, if I had this car and if I looked like you, I would get so much pussy. And he was just begging that they would not realize that they were a couple because... Are they homophobia, homophobic? it's really? I mean... It used to be. Okay. I think at the moment, because everything they, is so fucked, people don't no longer
0: kay. care. It may, they may not take kindly to...
1: Yes, yes, and he was telling me. He it's annoys. another thing
0: he has to deal with. Can I just uh, get sure. you to talk about your friend's kidnapping? What was the kidnapping like? What does a kidnapping involve? Is it like Hollywood movies, or are you kidnapped and you're placed in a room, you're given water, and you're told, look, you're staying here until the ransom is paid?
1: There are several modalities. Or is
0: it you're gagged, you're tied up, you're beaten? What's a, what's well, a, what was the kidnappings of your father-in-law and your gay friend and like? My,
1: and my cousin as well. My cousin was beat mildly. He was held for, I think, a day. I was already in Australia, so I only found out after the happening, after he was safe, my mom called me. Uh, so, yeah, he was taken to a dark place. He was blindfolded. He didn't know where he was. He was put into a room, beaten a little bit, and yeah, he was told, um, we're we're talking to your family, they will give us money, and we will let you go. My father-in-law, he was telling us after he came back that uh, one of the uh, kidnappers or abductors, however you want to call that, um, he was telling the other one, why did you uh, pick such an old person? You know that if we capture the little kids, we rough them up a little bit, and the father just
0: you get way more money. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and my gay friend, he was jogging with his boyfriend in a park, like say I don't know, Flax Gardens, Royal Park, a a well-off park. He was jogging,
0: and in in a middle-class area. Middle-class area, yeah. Yeah, sure.
1: And they came in, they they took them, they got in the car. That one was not so long; it was about. Yeah, half a day. And they gave them $5,000 and they, they released.
0: So he was. So your gay friends, they weren't accosted, assaulted in any way. They no. were just told, sit still, get yes. some water, shut the fuck up. They're going to pay your ransom and you're gone. Correct. So it's just a business transaction. It, it is, it is. Okay. Because people are so
1: poor and there's no other opportunities.
0: So they get creative. They have to. Fucking hell. hmm It's kind of intense. It,
1: yeah, my father-in-law was in there the whole day.
0: What it you, was fucking
1: horrible.
0: I'd be petrified if I get kidnapped and then they come in, they go, look, your mum's not paying $20, yep. so we're killing <laughs> you. Why Can I speak to my mum now?
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Like, uh, And I've heard stories, like terrible stories. Uh, so all in all, people around me have been lucky.
0: So did that mean when you were growing up in Venezuela as a as a young woman, were you cautious where you walked, how you... Um, mm. Yeah, well, you're how, always cautious. You're always cautious as a woman, or just as a because yeah, we, we have as we, a citizen. We've had yeah. issues here in yeah. Brun- in Brunswick and, and and Melbourne where females were accosted on the way home from gigs. Yeah. I so mean, have you like used those street smarts from Venezuela and just carbon copied them onto the streets of Melbourne? Like, or are you always that perceptive, or looking over your shoulder? Not or?
1: really. I mean, I am when it's late at night. But in here, I just really enjoy walking. Mm. Um, yeah, it's probably not great behavior on my end. So, uh, But k- back home, you wouldn't listen to music. You wouldn't have your cell phone out. Right. You yeah. wouldn't walk, if anything. Yeah. If you have a car, you drive everywhere. Because there is also no public transport. There is public transport, but it's very limited, very unreliable. Nothing works, really.
0: Is there is there hope for Venezuela and what is that hope like? Is a revolution on the cards? Is it foreseeable, or it's only going to be quashed?
1: I, I don't, yeah, there, there's there been attempts. I I was very into activism. I was very uh, here in Australia. I, we tried to get something going to you know raise awareness of this. Sure. Um, but then I I had to walk out because it's futile. Right. Yeah, there is no hope. Unfortunately, I wish I could say that's the reality of life sometimes. Is. The it's o- it, it is crazy because here, I say this in Brunswick I and mean, they will probably lynch me, but I honestly think the only solution is an invasion to take these motherfuckers out.
0: Who? America?
1: Uh, yeah, a coalition.
0: I don't know, man. Like America was getting involved in Venezuela uh, for yeah. a while. Weren't they sticking their nose in? I oh, know they stick their yeah, nose yeah, yeah. in
1: everywhere. Yeah,
0: they were. Uh- so who's, <laughs> who's backing the communist government of Venezuela? Russia? China? Russia, China, Cuba. Well,
1: we support Cuba.
0: Right. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of oil. We still do, but um, now we don't have the refineries. The processing facilities have all gone to hell because f- all of the capable people left the country. That
0: freaks me out, man. It freaks yeah. me out when a when a when a, an impoverished country is living with such rich natural resources. It's akin to going to sleep hungry, sleeping in a mattress stuffed with money.
1: Yep. Exactly.
0: And it's fucking crazy it is
1: unreal it is and i wish i could say there was hope
0: but i don't see any thank you for that little summary thank you i really appreciated it because i was i'm always interested where people come from and what their story is and how they got out so you're happy you got out it is, of course, bittersweet. What do you miss about Venezuela? That if you could take a couple of things from Venezuela and place them in Brunswick, like a click and drag mouse, what would you bring oh, across? weather! The weather, of course. Yeah. Weather. I Excuse my ignorance, but <laughs> is Venezuela landlocked or does it have a beach?
1: Oh, it's it's all most of the northern part of the country is all beautiful Coast.
0: beaches. Fuck.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what I why I went to Sydney when I first came to Australia. Right. Sydney's I love gorgeous. The beach. Yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah, yeah.
0: Sydney beautiful? It is. Do you know what Mark Twain... Do you know, you know, Mark yeah, Twain, yeah, do you know what he said about Sydney, which I fucking love? Wow. He visited Sydney back in the day and he said, uh, God made the harbour, but the devil made Sydney. Because <laughs> he thought that people were <laughs> fucked. Like the city itself was
1: fucked. <laughs> that's, that's a good line. But the
0: harbour is yeah, yeah. something. Well,
1: people in Melbourne are a lot friendlier. I will say that. Why? I have no idea.
0: I need you to answer that. Only because I'm <laughs> so interested. I've noticed that as well. I don't know why. Uh, is it because Sydney is faster paced? It's it higher is rent, higher cost of yeah. living, so people have to move more. They have to transact more. They have to be more involved in yeah. generating business and money and commerce, and that they just don't stop. They're more cosmopolitan. They're more. I want to say they're
1: more cosmopolitan. Um, there is so much culture going around in Melbourne and so many different cultures that are more integrated into the day-to-day life. Yeah. What I see in Sydney is it's, I call it pluricultural because there are cultures, it? pluricultural, it's not multicultural. The cultures that are there are not integrated. They are just segregated.
0: Yes. West yeah. Sydney is uh, uh-huh. Lebanon. Yep. Um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, and I don't know why, um, I went to an interview and this guy had the perfect summary, the, the one, the interviewer, he said, because he also was, had lived in Sydney and Melbourne, and he said, Melbourne is about collaborating, Sydney is about winning. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a bit of corporate language, but it's good. I think he hit us uh,
0: a nerve there. So you, um, you came to Sydney, you got out. Is all your family out of Venezuela is there anyone left? Uh,
1: Only my uncle. Okay.
0: Yeah. You got friends there as well?
1: Yeah, I have friends that went back. Wow. They were living in France. Is that Stockholm Syndrome? Maybe. I do understand, you know, not wanting to be a migrant. Mm. There is something of living
0: in your place. How do you feel? Are we have we welcomed you? Are we nice to you? <laughs> do you feel alienated? Is there something you would like to address about Melbourne? Um, <laughs> disrespecting you? No, or have we, we embraced you? Is it a welcoming city? Do you think it's a beautiful place? How does it it
1: is a beautiful place in a warm ha- city. Forget the weather. Weather sucks. Um but if the, if I had a complaint, it is more about the Anglo culture. <laughs> yeah. Um because people are, I don't know, cold. Like, you you, you end up the day in the office and nobody says, oh, let's have some drinks.
0: I'm not cold, baby. I'm Greek. You're, I know. Yeah. I Europeans know. Europeans are warmer. Italians, Greeks, yes. Lebanese.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, that's so you're talking about Anglo-Saxon people.
1: Anglo-Saxon people. Yes, of course. Yeah, they're cold. They are. And Why? I don't know. Mommy issues? Everyone has mommy issues in here.
0: I... <laughs> I'm repeating myself here, but I said on another podcast that it was uh, maybe attributed to the fact that they're not allowed to display emotions. They have to yes. be always well-mannered. And, and polite. Polite and detached from their man. Never yes. reveal your true colors. Yes. It's the English... I don't know, ethos. That's why I loved Scotland so much more than England. Scotland, I found, because when I lived in the UK, I found Scotland to be way more loving and embracing. Yeah, I've heard that too. More European, more Southern European-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I do understand when people say, I'm not fucking English, pal. I'm Scottish. I get that now. (laughs) I love that accent. Yeah, it's a pretty good accent. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So anything else about Melbourne or you've,
1: no, I love the Melbourne. I love the circuit. Um, I do find, I do see the difference between the Sydney Ciders and the Melbournians.
0: Are we more laid back?
1: I wouldn't call it laid back, but warm. Yeah, Warmer. People will ask you about your day genuinely because I hate that Sydney Cider smile, that really aggressive it, your Sydney barista would be like, "Oh, have a great day!" And it's almost like a creepy smile. Yeah, uh, I would, I would rather take you know, just a dick face <laughs> if it's honest. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, can I talk? Can I talk about your marriage? Of and course, divorce. Of if course, you, of course. Now, was that in Venezuela?
1: Yeah, he was my college sweetheart. We met in uni. Nice. Yeah, we studied engineering together, uh, and yeah.
0: So you learn about building things, and robots, building we, robots. We did
1: robots, circuits, like chips. Yep. Um, yeah, and we were. I was eighteen. He was nineteen. We got married when I was twenty-four. Yep. Um, so we really were babies, um, and the reason we got married is because we were coming to Australia. The lawyers that were helping us with the visas told us. Yeah, that's how you leave. It's easier yeah, if you, you get mentioned married. That. You, and you have to get married by this date. And we're like, okay, oh shit, we have to plan a wedding. And then we came here and we get were married for seven years. We were together 13 years.
0: In in Australia?
1: No, in, in total. In Australia, we were seven years. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. And if I was to... I asked this to a lot of girls. Yeah. What is the ideal marriage age for a woman? When do you think... A, for mm-hmm. me, I think men... I think men now. I think
1: I want to marry again.
0: All right, that's fine. But I'm (laughs) saying if it happens.
1: If it happens.
0: Because I think a man, speaking as a male, I think 40 plus is when a male can be logical and reasonable, rational. (laughs) True. Because he's like, yeah, we take a while to fucking grow up.
1: Yeah. I think if I hadn't got married, right now I feel that I know myself enough and I have the emotional maturity. To share my life with someone.
0: You're the third person I've had on this podcast that doesn't want to get married.
1: Well, I, I've been through it. That <laughs> is...
0: <laughs> but stand-up, you have bad <sighs> gigs. Yeah. We keep going back.
1: Yeah, but you don't have to pay a fucking lawyer to get out of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So,
1: fuck that. <laughs> fuck that, yeah. Well, f- who knows, man. Maybe in 10 years. I don't know. If I meet a millionaire, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. The endless comedy festivals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That'd be unreal.
1: Yeah. No, no. I don't know, man. I don't see the point. It's a piece of paper.
0: Uh, I agree.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Did you just... Yeah. What's a piece of paper going to do? Like, it c- yeah. certifies that I love I mean, someone.
1: I I don't want kids. So, I can definitely understand why someone with kids wants to get married. Mm-hmm. Because it is difficult to raise a child. And if a person leaves, you need some piece of paper to tie them to their responsibilities to the kid. Mm. But other than that, and even then, I think there should be another way. Mm. But, yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm not a bitter divorcee. uh, But, yeah, I don't see the point of it anymore. I don't think I ever saw the point of it anyways. Mm. I only got married because this was it was a cards. piece of paper that would allow me to have an easier time applying to a visa. And that's and that's how my ex saw it too.
0: You did what you had to do.
1: Yep. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, we still had a fantastic wedding and we still enjoyed it mm. and it was not ungenuine. We had a good relationship. Um, then we basically grew apart which is i think what happens a lot when people meet and they are too young absolutely yeah
0: absolutely yeah, 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 i think it's
1: and i call this my second life because yeah when i was married i we were very sheltered um he was i wouldn't say possessive but he was very dominant and i am not a person that likes conflict or confrontation so i, I would always play would prefer to subdue than to rebel. And I think that's why I
0: ended up leaving him. Why do you think he was so possessive or dominant? Was he afraid of your creative juices? Like to go out and p- explore yourself and perform and be creative. And Yeah.
1: Uh, um, he had a lot of issues. He had social anxiety. He
0: didn't like to go out. Whereas you're so opposite that. Like you're <laughs> out there performing. <laughs> yeah. You're expressing yourself on stage.
1: It's funny because I do have... I mean, I'm an ambivert. I don't know if you've heard about that. What does that mean? There is extroverts, there is introverts, and yep. there is ambiverts. I've never heard of that. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm extroverted. I can go to a room full of people and talk.
0: Yeah. But... I think I'm both.
1: It wears me down. Sometimes I need my quiet time by myself so I can recharge.
0: Yeah, that's because you're a fucked up artist like me. <laughs> we're all kind of weird yeah, comedians. Exactly. People yes. think we're always on, but we can't be always on. We can't. On. We need to be very, very quiet and withdrawn at times.
1: Yeah, true.
0: So, he didn't like that side of you, so he tried to dominate it and possess no, you?
1: No, uh, he, he would say stuff like, oh, why do you talk like that?
0: Oh, really? Yeah, and he That's started to get to me. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Because isn't that a form of um, like uh, emotional abuse? It is. Like, why are you talking like that? Yeah. Like, Change your and tone. Like, like, that's me. That's, that's your I fucking don't... brain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it started little by little and then it gets to me. And it all dropped on me. Um, one day I was coming back from the office and I started feeling anxious about getting home because he was there.
0: Isn't that shit? And I was like, first... I gotta leave. Oh, man. I gotta leave.
1: And he was rough because he was not ready for it. He's one of these people that is really afraid of change. Mm. Yeah. One of the main reasons why... Um, that that was a common source of conflict was I want to go to Miami eventually because my mom is there, my dad is there, my sister will eventually be there.
0: To to this day, that's one of your objectives? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is my dream to be reunited with my family. Of course. Yeah. And it sucks because Australia is a great place, but you people don't like my people, my parents. It's so expensive to get them here, so... It is, it is one of my visions, my, my long-term goals. And he was like, no, but Australia is nice. This is so financially stable, blah, blah, blah. And I get that. But I'm like, dude, I, I want to be with my family. I don't care. And it would be a constant source of conflict. Um, and all of that added to those little everyday things. I was
0: like, nah. Gotta leave, man. And at that time, were you leaving to do stand up in the evenings? No. This is bri- prior to stand up? Yes,
1: I started stand up when I came to Melbourne. Okay. I don't think he,
0: uh, yeah, I think. He wouldn't have had a. Nah. Nah.
1: Nah. no nah. I used to do Toastmasters before stand up, before everything. You know, Toastmasters is like a no. worthwhile organization of uh, public speaking. So there are clubs, and you go and you perform somehow, you, you deliver speeches. Some of them were funny. And I went to contests and I got somewhere and he didn't show up. <gasps> yeah. Well, he never a... went. One he he time, didn't want to know that side of yeah, you? Yeah. And one time he did go and he all, all, it was a, a contest. A con- uh, see, a, a contest. So it went on for ages. And the whole time was like, when are we leaving? When are we leaving? You already performed. And I was like, well, I want to know if I won. And in the end, because I'm such a doormat, or I was... Uh, I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. And I didn't, didn't stick around to see if I won. I didn't win. But, you know, yeah.
0: It it's fucked up. These no. small these small signs, they're so revelatory and they do help you in the long term to get out of a relationship because you realize, oh, hey, yeah. this is why it's wrong. But at the time, it's such a sinking, visceral, awful feeling. <sighs>
1: yeah, in your stomach.
0: And you don't want to mm. own it, so you reject it. And uh, and that's what is the elephant in the room. And, yeah. And, you ignore it. And I ignored the signs for. i
1: you I'd were say married to, or I wasn't
0: married, but I. Uh, long term. Eight years. And I ignored mm. the signs for maybe a couple of years because I wanted it to work. Yeah. Um, me too.
1: Like three years.
0: But now, you know, we know now. We yeah. know, don't we? Like trying a piece of material on stage that won't work. You just panel beat it. You try it again the next night, slightly differently. Now you know, yeah. hey, I know what to look for when I move forward if I fall in love again. Yeah. You know what signs to look for. If he's like, Are you going out again for another fucking gig? <laughs> yeah. Okay, say you later. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh So glad I left. <laughs> good. Let's talk about your stand up. Um, yes. how long have you been performing? Two years. Oh wow. Yeah. L Plater.
1: Yes <laughs> That's right.
0: That's great.
1: But I'm doing alright.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I'm running two gigs. The Redberry I am so proud because there were so many people after
0: that venue. So Red Betty's a small venue yeah. in Brunswick. Yeah. Just Google Red Betty. It happens every Tuesday. Tuesday. Every 7 Tuesday, PM. seven p.m. Um, yes. Go, continue. Sorry.
1: Yeah. So um, the new owner, because it's it's on on new management. It's it's been a short time. He saw me at Funny near Debrani.
0: Yeah. That's another great room. It
1: is. It is a great room. I love it. Uh, I love Glenn and Ashley.
0: (laughs) Anywho. They promote the room, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So I was there and he saw my stuff. We had a couple of drinks. I invited him to my comedy festival show. And he went there and he liked my stuff. And then when he got the bar, out of the blue, he gave me a call. Hey, do you want to run a room on Tuesdays on my venue? And I was like, well... I guess another, I'm running another room. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, I've only been out it two years, but there is something there, I think. You know. And one thing I found um, is that after COVID. What do you mean there's something there? Like, I, I I, do have some sort of talent to be doing this for two years and be, being where I am now.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I
0: I, I, d- I just find it interesting that you would um, you'd you'd voiced that, you know. Hmm. Like I find it interesting that you would vocalize that. Right. Only yes. because. Oh, uh, actually, let me take that back. No. We yeah. always question ourselves as comics. I do. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm a good comedian. Other times I feel like I'm shit and I've wasted twenty years yeah. of my <laughs> life doing stand-up.
1: We all do, I think. Um. In any aspect.
0: So, yeah, um, I, I'm of the opinion now that for the first five years, this isn't me talking, by the way. This is Jerry Seinfeld. He mm. said, for the first five years, don't assess your performance. Just go for it and perform. Yeah, go I cra- agree with that. Go crazy. Like, yeah. try things, be different. Uh, of course, work on your material. Goes without saying. But don't be too self-critical because it could push you out.
1: I think so. And I was, I've been there for a couple of times that, you know, that, that place. feeling of it's a oh, shit
0: place. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. Comedians are strong people. Yeah, we work alone and we put up with a lot of shit, and we keep going. And back. most
1: of the shit comes from ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that note. Yeah, for the first five years, I always assess what I do. I've always been that person. Um, well, that's
0: your engineering. Yeah. That's your brain.
1: That is my brain. Um, and I am also a fan of vulnerability. Um, you know, showing that I'm not perfect and I have self-doubt. Even though I'm a performer and that somehow line, it shines a light on me as a person. That is only five minutes of my day. Mm. You know? And it's funny, because uh, when I was on that dark place, it was after the festival, because my show didn't sell enough tickets to get me out of debt. I mean, I ended up in a bit of a debt. And all of, the, all of my friends, all of, you know, people on Facebook, you know, social media is like, oh, my God, the festival was so great. And I was like, OK, sure. It was great. I really enjoyed um, the Bear Pit, the after party. Mm. I went there five times and crushed it. Crushed it. Best best experience, best gig that I've ever had. But in terms of tickets, and it, it was bad. So I was in a really low place. And all these posts of, oh, festival is great, blah, 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 which it was, and you're entitled to that. Um, but I was like, you know what? My festival wasn't great, blah, blah, blah. And I poured my, <laughs> my heart out on this Facebook post. And it got so many likes and so much engagement that I was like, if only these people had showed up to my show.
0: (laughs) But I think it... It doesn't work that way. It
1: doesn't work. But to me, it made evidence that people are hungry for genuine um, emotions or, you know, people being vulnerable. Always. It's more attractive than... Just people trying to promote themselves. I think we talked about that, how hard it is to promote
0: yourself. It's very difficult to promote yourself. I find it tough because it's a delicate balance between being humble and having ego. Exactly. Um, But I remember reading a a book early on when I started stand-up comedy. I forget the name now, but it was fucking 19 years ago. But it was something along the lines of uh, uh, their advice was be vulnerable on stage. If you can express a vulnerability, it makes you likeable. Yeah. So...
1: That is You're, you're on the true. right track. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. There's a weird question I have. Go for it. But can you... Since you've got an engineering background and you studied engineering at university, mm. uh, can you build a joke? Is there a way to <laughs> engineer it? Is there a method to... Engi- do you have a method? Do you have a way that you engineer a joke from ground up? Do you mm-hmm. structure it? I, I sort of have moments... Where I just brainstorm. I structure sets. You structure sets. Okay. Like, okay. if
1: this joke doesn't land, then I have to go this way. Oh. But if it lands, I can go this way. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. Because you know that the some pa- jokes... The path. Yeah. Right.
1: If this joke lands, then most likely they will like this one too. Yes. But if it doesn't land, they will definitely hate that one. That's clever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, but jokes... So engineering from a macro perspective... Yeah. Overall you look at your set as a whole and go, Yeah, this will all click in if this all works and if it doesn't I can have this plan B joke and Exactly. Okay. Yeah. What about the joke writing itself? I always ask comics how they write their material. I can't say it because I've said mine too many times. So (laughs) how do you write?
1: Uh well it, it all depends. Sometimes um I leave a voice note if I have like a premise Or I I have, like, notes on my cell phone. But if I have to write a show that I have to put all my jokes together and make some sort of sense out of it, I use a computer. Do you allocate... Probably because I'm an engineer and I'm always on the computer. It's so easy to me.
0: Do you allocate time per day or per week to sit down and write? Do you structure it that way or...
1: Not really. Because I am so busy. I just have to write whenever I can. Um, But sometimes I host uh, Zoom writer's rooms, and that's when, you know, I will have an allocated time, let's say, Tuesdays. I used to have that for a while. But no, at the moment, it's all a bit hectic, and I know that I should have a routine and a dedicated space and time to write, Uh, but I just don't at the moment. And I was gonna mention, I really enjoy handwriting, particularly when when I'm doing a set, you know, that I have to write. The jokes in order. I tend to use hand, uh, pen and paper because I read somewhere that when you write using a pen and paper, it sticks more in your memory. So I didn't know that. Yeah, me neither. But I read it and I think there is something to it. Yeah.
0: It feels good for you. So it, must it feels. It works.
1: Yeah. To me, it's, it's also maybe like a physical thing. I enjoy writing. Yeah. The hand and the feeling of the ink on the paper.
0: I enjoy talking oh. out loud. Oh, so you record yourself? Sometimes I don't record myself. If I go to Woolies, like today I went to Woolies to do my shopping. I had my, f- my earphones in, yep. to, t- attached to my phone, but no one was on the call. I was just talking out loud, nice. running <laughs> through a set. That Not my, just having a stream of consciousness moment. Just seeing how I could marry an idea with another one, whether there was a way to do it. Wow. there was no way to do it. I didn't find the way, but it's all right. I was like, okay. And then I just, yeah, that way I feel like people aren't looking at me like I'm yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, but I'll it'd be embarrassing it, yeah. if the iPhone plug came out of the phone jack <laughs> and it was just dangling. <laughs> yeah. But that's never happened. um, so, yeah, I just feel like I lose something in the transition from mind to pen. Like my hand oh, is hurting because can't catch up to the mind. Cause I I'm
1: can't. That's why I, I type. When I have to write a joke word for word, I type because it's just easier. Mm. And I do write
0: them word for word. When did you fall in love with stand-up? Because you took the time to do a pretty intense college degree on electronic engineering which isn't fucking an arts degree no you know you're not this is serious mathematics (laughs) it is this is hardcore fucking shit
1: (laughs) yeah I don't know it came easy to me engineering I ended up in engineering because of the whole math in Venezuela are you
0: one of these maths freaks
1: I'm not a freak but I do have it just makes sense yeah oh my god I was always like a straight edge student Really? And I didn't really study much.
0: You're joking.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like saying it because people think I'm being cocky or something, but it is my reality.
0: Well, some people can I am voic- not such a voices. genius anymore. Other people can burp for 12 seconds. <laughs> you can just do well hardcore calculus. I went to a musical school. Yeah. So I, I,
1: play, I play the violin. I've been playing since I was five. It was part of my school.
0: I always wanted to be an actress. Can I just press pause? This is freaking me out. (laughs) Because I I watched the documentary on Einstein, and they said that Einstein started learning the violin at five years of age. And they reckon that learning an instrument at such a young age helps you bridge neurons in your mind to allow you to contemplate and understand mathematics when you learn it later on in life easier. Yep. Because yeah. music, math—it's a similar process of harmonics, equations, language, yeah. etc. Sorry to cut you off. No,
1: no, no. It's um, there is this um, thing called the Mozart effect. I think it was back in the 80s. Uh, I don't remember when, where they did the research, but they started playing music from Mozart mainly to kids, and that led to a development in their cognitive abilities. Yeah. But going back to my school, I went to the school when it was very artful and I wanted to be an actress growing up. Uh, But then when I was 15, that um, the dictator came in, I was like, you know, maybe I will need to leave the country eventually. And I really can't afford to be an actress.
0: Can I just press pause again? (laughs) What a fuck? Can you just uh, understand? (laughs) I want you to understand the gravity of that sentence. Um, You turn 15 years of age, you turn on the TV, you look at your political leader and you actually utter the words, oh shit, I think I'm going to have to leave my country. (laughs) That is some fucked up shit. 15 year olds in this country don't say that. It is, Even though as much as we hate ScoMo.
1: I know, I know it is. That's the thing with the whole dictator Dan thing. If you don't want to kill Dan Andrews, he's not a dictator.
0: Yes, he's not. It's not. Far from it. Learn fucking history. You know, when he history. fell down
1: the stairs, people were cracking jokes. If my guy fell down the stairs, I would have a fucking party.
0: When he dies, let's have a party. Oh, yeah. Let's do a stand-up show.
1: Definitely. Oh, all Venezuelans are waiting for that. Trust me. Yeah. It is a big thing for us.
0: So, going back to your original question, I asked you... Um, where did you f- when did stand up evolve in your life when you had all this like dedicated time to study electronic engineering? Was stand up part of your life then or did it, co- did it come later or was it in the background of your mind? Excuse me, this fucking cable, or was it in the back of your mind where you're going, I love comedy, but you know, I've got to focus on electronic engineering. It all came a bit organically.
1: I mean, I did my engineering. That was five years of my life. Were you interested in stand-up at that time? No. Really? No. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I loved um, SNL. I've yeah. always loved humor. Uh, I was interested in stand-up, but uh, as, a, as an audience member, as a you know consumer of it, um, stand-up in Venezuela was very political and hilarious. And it was a part of my interests, but I never, at that time, I never thought I'd you Know it would be a thing I could do, and then slowly um, you know, little by little, I got interested. I started watching uh, you know, Chappelle, Louis CK, that's sh- the name who shall not be named. Um,
0: by the the Louis CK,
1: it <laughs> broke my heart it, when that yeah, news broke out.
0: I know, I fucking love him, and I was like, yeah, he's a, he's he's a fucking pig, man. It's a fucking, it's a, it's, a, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up.
1: It really broke my heart because I really enjoyed his comedy. And i it was sort of like a, you know, like, how could you moment for me?
0: Take advantage of a...
1: Of a position. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's a problem. Because we don't have an HR department in comedy.
0: That's exactly right.
1: Because he was the boss of these people. They, you wouldn't do that in a company, yeah, in an office.
0: They, they, uh, they admired him and they looked up to him. Yeah, because they were open micers yeah. and they revered him as a god. Because this yeah. is at the time where he was just so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he was, was on good. it. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I, I started watching stand-up. And I've always, I think stand-up comedians are the most clever people. One of the most clever people. Uh, you need brains. And I've always been attracted to intellect and to
0: seeing things a different way. And... What makes us clever as comedians? Is it the ability to see things from another angle? I think so. To to Okay.
1: To find the laughter, to find the absurd, to find the twist. Yes. You got to think differently. And it, sometimes you got to think hard. And that's why I think... Yeah, comedians are very clever.
0: Okay, so you're always interested in watching yeah. comedy. And and I've always... But at the time you were studying, devoted to your studies.
1: And then working and marriage and whatnot and oh. leaving the country. And I sort of put everything, Too all much. of my dreams and all of my hopes on the side. And after I got divorced, I, I, I joke that this is my second life, but it feels like it. Because mm. all of my... My dreams, my aspirations sort of started to come back into the picture for me. And I always wanted to be an artist of sorts. I always wanted to be an actress or a writer or a performer. And stand-up is all of that. Because you're acting, you're writing, you're performing.
0: It's all in one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I tried it and it worked and it sticked.
0: Where was was your first gig? Was it Sydney? No, it was Melbourne. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: in Melbourne. Uh,
0: what was it, Highlander? Okay. Yeah. That's I, a safe, nice environment, or was it a tough crowd? Or it
1: was, it was alright. I did good. I did okay. That's good. Uh well, if I was to be completely honest, my first gig, I did one of the courses, which I sort of regret because it was so much money and I didn't really learn a lot. And the audience was super warm because when you do one of those courses, the graduation night, everyone invites their friends. I, I didn't know anybody here in Melbourne. And I crushed it. And I, I had people that didn't know me come back to me and say, you got to keep going. You're amazing. and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> okay, I'll keep going. Um, I but know. I know that that wasn't a real organic crowd. Yeah. And effectively, the minute I did an open mic, I didn't do as great. But I was prepared for that. I am not deluded. I see a lot of delusion in open micers. And it's one of my pet peeves. You know, when you see that guy that bombs and he's like, oh, tough crowd. And you're like, it wasn't tough until you came on, buddy. Now you killed the room for me. So thank you.
0: Um, Spoken like a true Aussie. (laughs) It wasn't that tough, buddy. (laughs) You're really becoming Aussie. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and I really hate, it is one of my pet peeves, when people on their set go like, oh, fuck you, that was funny, and then the audience laughs, um, because it is also that vulnerability, that acknowledgement, that you're bumming. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there is, um, I don't believe in stand-up comedy courses, I think the only course is uh, get up there, grab the mic, and talk.
1: That's the thing, I knew what I was getting myself into. I only wanted to do it because I needed that safety net.
0: Well, that's exactly right. People do it for various reasons. Yeah. You're smart yeah. enough to know. I, know. I know. Maybe it was a. Yeah. That's cushion. where the
1: delusion starts. Um, one of a room runner, um, somebody asked one of those Facebook questions. I, uh, what is a, I, don't, I don't remember the setup, but he said, Oh, I just did a course. Can I headline your gig?
0: <laughs> wow. Are you serious? <laughs> yes.
1: And I'm sure people have
0: come to him with that. Are you fucking serious? Yeah.
1: And I've seen some people from the course like, oh.
0: That is like coming first in Formula One on my PS4. Yeah. <laughs> and then exactly, ringing exactly. up Red Bull going, can I jump in a car? <laughs> I, f- I got the world championship <laughs> yeah. on PS4. Exactly. Yeah. What a fucking idiot. Uh, you have no idea. You're dead right though. There is a lot of delusion in our industry. People, uh, I've often seen it. Uh, obviously, I won't mention names, but acts that. Don't get a laugh. Insert their own nervous laughter <laughs> at the end of yeah. every one of their punchlines. Yeah. Or, um, it's tough to watch. Or it's, yeah, they come off stage and they're like, oh, that was that was good. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Sure. Sure.
1: How many drinks did you have, man?
0: Um, but yeah, it's important. Well, yeah. W- what is important in stand-up? It's important to have an uh, an ear to reality. To hear I think who. so. Yeah. And uh it's important to work regularly, yes. to regularly jump on stage. Yeah, for sure. No matter what's going on in your life.
1: No matter what. No matter if you don't have any material.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it?
1: Yes.
0: Get up there. And even it if freaks
1: me out. Um I am a, a control freak, a huge control freak. So I'm always
0: prepared. in in other aspects of your life or just on stage? All of it. All e- of it. Yeah. Everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been learning to let go. I and I think
0: when you say control freak, can you give me some examples outside your life? Like um you mean like keeping a diary, keeping appointments, paying, keeping your, appointments, bills paying your
1: bills on time. When I work, like professionally, I I. That's an admirable quality, though. It is tiring because I I end up working a lot more than people who are not control freaks, and. Most like, almost always, to the same results. You know, nobody cares if you deliver a report and it doesn't have a graph. I care, and I do it. You know, just to give you a generic example. I see. And I am that person that will work to their standards. And I, I, I know that most likely this is not necessary. I'm going way over overhead or way over
0: the line. Does that bleed into your stand-up? Are you now putting too much pressure on yourself in stand-up? Like, are you forcing yourself to com- to maybe, maybe perform too much? Write new yeah. stuff too much?
1: That, that, yes.
0: Yeah. Or maybe you should be, you know, <laughs> I gear know. down a bit and just enjoy the ride a bit.
1: Yes, yes. And you know what? what's happening to me now? That because I'm so early on in my career, I don't even know if it's going to be a career. That is one thing that I I know I am grounded on. You know, so many people are focused on making it, Mm. whatever that means. I have my nine to five job and it's, you know, a very comfy position, very financially stable. So I'm lucky to have that. So I don't need to make it, whatever that means.
0: My favorite people in comedy are the ones that just love comedy. Exactly. The ones that aren't trying to make it. The ones that are just loving getting up on stage. Exactly. I don't, They're I the don't ones do that I, I can connect
1: with. Um, you know, I, one of my gigs is a free one. The other one, we do profit sharing with the performers because it's not about the money. Um, and it is not for me. And if I, it had to be, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it because putting that pressure on yourself for something that is so subjective. Because you can kill one day, same room, next week, same room, different people, maybe even the same people. Mm. It's going to bum, And that's life.
0: How does that make you feel? Does that affect you in terms of coming from an engineering background? Like, yes. You, you, like, cause I, Failure
1: is a thing for me. I mean, that's why the, the festival got to me so much.
0: Ah. You know? Even though... You know what you need? You need to do some mushrooms and detach from Ooh. that ego of failure. Well... It'll help you, but don't do it too much. Like my stand-up. No more than twice a year.
1: <laughs> I would be keen for that. Um, maybe you
0: need to, like, learn to let the art just be... Yeah,
1: because what I was... Jesus, I ramble so much. What I was going to is that, because I'm so early, I... I have that need to not reject opportunities. So at the moment, I am under a lot of. I have lots of projects going on.
0: And So uh, work related.
1: No, no. Like I have my full time job, and that is a lot. That's nine to five, Monday to Friday.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I have two rooms. I'm doing two festival shows.
0: In September. In September. Yeah. Are oh, you joking? Ah. Uh, two shows. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, because that's the thing, like, they all came in, all of them, all of these projects came as opportunities, and I couldn't say no. Mm. You know, I had that, I'm so eager that I get myself into way too much. Uh, (laughs) I hope I survive September. Um, But yeah, definitely,
0: you're at the other end of the spectrum. I was, ch- I was chatting to a comedian last night on a, on my podcast that um, was on the other end of the spectrum that wasn't doing enough and wanted to push himself to do more. Mm. So I think it's better to be on your side of the spectrum. Yeah. I'd rather be doing way more than way less. Yeah, I think so. Because you, you do and that way more. I'm um, Go, go, go. You're going to learn more. You're going to be...
1: Yeah, and I'm also the kind of person that cannot go, cannot do things half-assed, going back to that engineering and control and i cannot do things halfway. i always commit i always go a hundred percent and it is it it sounds like i'm bragging but it's not it's it's an impulse it's a an instinct
0: i have you're just aware of an attribute that you possess right that you're just (sighs) telling me this is who i am yeah you can't it's it's who you are it's 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 what you are
1: that's it that's it like i go full in balls in every time all the
0: time yeah
1: how funny is the word balls
0: yeah it's uh does it exist in venezuela yes of course yeah. we use it a lot right, balls. Bolas. bolas bolas so you say you go balls deep in something like no got a lot but you bo- say
1: you throw balls at it echale bolas so when you're throwing balls you're you're putting into it you're you know working at it ah i
0: see yeah yeah yeah, yeah. when
1: you when when you say oh just don't mind it don't pay attention to the balls. <laughs> it's everywhere. I love it. I love dirty words.
0: Yeah. Is there a community uh, here from Venezuela that you've done stand-up to? Because I've performed yeah. to Greek audiences only. I think As it's an so interesting. I didn't think I would like it, but I actually fell in love with it because I was able to... I was able to take out a microscope and, bef- and fine-tune exactly... S- relatable material mm. about having a Greek mother <laughs> and yeah. what it was, what it's like to have a Greek mother. Like, for example, like right now, like it wouldn't really translate to mainstream crowds in a big comedy yeah. club, but with Greek audiences, I could specifically talk uh, talk about what my Greek mum does, yeah. And they, it would all resonate. Um, have you had? Do you want to do something like that? Oh, of course. Because it um, always seems like. Like, lots of comedians that are multicultural or come from uh, uh, ethnic backgrounds and always do a gig, have done a gig, like, for the Lebanese community, whether it's Khaled or myself doing the Greek or Gab Rossi doing Italian crowds. Mm. Or,
1: Well, I don't think I have that shot. The Latin American community, it's minimal in Melbourne and Australia in general. There's lots of Chileans, lots of um, Argentinians as well, Uruguayans maybe. But it's still, I think... There is 5,000 Venezuelans in all of Australia.
0: Oh, is that it? Yeah. And they won't let your parents in? (sighs) Oh, my God. Anywho, What do they want to let your parents into the country?
1: To be able to apply uh, to get a visa for your parents, 50% of the kids have to be Australian citizens. I'm fucked because I have three other siblings. Um, 50% or more. So if it's two kids, both of them have to be. Um, Australian 50% or more yeah you get me then you have to pay a bond uh to cover for i don't know medicare or something and it's like $50,000 per person so if i wanted to bring them both i would have to pay
0: $100,000 and then also have and 50% then, yeah so there's no is there another back door or no. i mean if there is i don't know it so that's impossible you can't bring your parents here yeah no that's why
1: i want to go to miami fuck
0: yeah yeah i wonder why they make it so difficult
1: (sighs) we've got room i know it's fucking and all the money i send them could be going into this economy you know what i mean yeah because that is one of the other realities of venezuela You, you have to send money otherwise they can't make it which i know it's bizarre for most australians um, Not
0: strange to me, because growing up as a child, we would always send money back to Greece. Exactly. Every month, my parents It is would. an immigrant story. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But going back to the Venezuelan uh, audiences, I had the opportunity to do stand-up in Spanish in
0: Madrid. Ah, that does... So, just quickly, a quick history lesson... Venezuelans speak Spanish. Yes. Brazilians speak Portuguese. Portuguese. And Argentinians speak Spanish. Spanish. Can you understand an Argentinian or has the yes. dialect shifted?
1: No, no. We can't understand. That's we, awesome. We all can understand each other. It's it's really good. Yeah, it's great. From Mexico to... Yeah. Chileans have a lot of slang. So, like really odd words that only they use. But there is a generic equivalent. Okay, you can understand That they it. would, you know, if you say, oh, what's that? And then they would... You know.
0: So you can pick up ch- t- in Venezuela, you can watch TV from Chile and yeah, sort of get it. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry, I'll cut you off.
1: No, no, no. Um, so yes, I went to Madrid um, and I got this gig in Spanish. And it's funny because I was preparing a, sort of an international material. But then I get there and all the audience is Venezuelans.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's so, have- so
1: many Venezuelans in Madrid. So many. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, six million people have left.
0: Oh, they, okay, yeah. I
1: think Madrid is the second, is the first largest colony of Venezuelans abroad.
0: Right, so Spain had a soft spot for Venezuelans and they took a lot of them?
1: No, a lot of Spaniards went to Venezuela when Franco was in power.
0: Yeah.
1: And these, I, I'm i a Spaniard because my grandpa was a Spaniard. Yes. You, so uh, we get citizenship through our, grandpa- our ah. grandparents
0: so why don't you uh, all relocate to spain because spain it is awesome
1: it, it is but financially it's not it's not no but barcelona is awesome yeah but all of my friends are doing delivery or whatever
0: right i see it's not
1: easy to that's why i chose australia because of skill migration you yeah. know i didn't spend five fucking years in uni so then i could go and wait tables no disrespect to waitresses.
0: No, you've put in the hard yards. Yeah. You've, you've studied and waitressing for five years. It's
1: fucking hard. I feel for them. Some customers are shit. But anyhow. Yeah. Um, so I went to this gig uh, and it was so refreshing to do stand-up in my language. And it is so different because in English, you've got to be sharp. All your words have to be somehow measured, right? You cannot drag.
0: Less is more?
1: Less is more. In... I don't know about the rest of of South American and Spanish-speaking countries. But in Venezuela, you gotta be like your funny friend at the party telling a story. Because otherwise, people will not buy into that beat, that rhythm. Because comedy in English has a rhythm. Set up, set up, punchline. You know what I mean?
0: Hmm. But isn't that comedy in every language? Set up, set up, surprise. Set up, set up, surprise. There is
1: a surprise. But... In Spanish or in Venezuela, um, you have to sort of buy their trust or gain their trust. you got to...
0: Uh, but isn't s- that with every speak, audience?
1: Speak just like you would speak to a person at a party. You know what I mean? If, if you're too formal, if you're too produced, mm-hmm. they will not buy in. Really? It is very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because I was, I was anxious. It was the first time I was doing stand-up in Spanish. And I went there, and I obviously, I mean, I didn't, didn't know how they were, they were going to react. And I realized that I started pacing, you know, very crisp lines and setups, and it was very warm. But then I just let go, and I started talking, just like I'm talking to you right now. And people started warming up to it.
0: Because they appreciated a sense of, they were receiving a sense yes, of authenticity? Yes,
1: Exactly. Yes. Hmm. It's, it's... Keeping it's fascinating. it real. It's fascinating. Spanish
0: yeah. want you to keep it real.
1: Yeah. And the biggest laughter I've heard, it was that night.
0: Oh, that's great. And was yeah. it your English material transcribed over? S- some of it. Yeah, I did the
1: mistake of trying uh, material that was more suited for an international audience. Yeah. So, yeah, that one didn't land. <laughs> but the one that I had translated from English worked perfectly. Yeah, this lady almost chokes and I was like, oh my god, don't choke, but and yeah, it, 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 it goes to that Mediterranean warmth. You know, I, I have been to professional comedians one hour shows and I haven't heard the laughters that I heard on open micro level comedians back then.
0: Yeah right. Yeah. Yeah it's interesting. Yeah
1: so definitely looking forward to doing that again.
0: When are you doing the next one? In Spanish,
1: <laughs> I don't know,
0: man. We're trapped. Yeah, we are. Yeah, but there are. Us, uh, who was it? John Burgos and uh, Simon Palomares. Yeah, he puts on some Spanish shows. Does he? Are you on his radar yet?
1: Well, he was on the same venue that I did for my comedy festival. I oh. mean, yeah, I'm comfortable approaching him. Yeah, let's say
0: definitely. Yeah, um, but it's good because there's options. Like, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of scope, but um. Uh, can I shift gears for a bit? Sure. I wanted to talk about electronic engineering. Yes. That's what your degree is. Yeah. All right, so electronic I did a dig- master's too. A master's as well.
1: At UNSW.
0: Fuck, I don't even know what that means, but it's just the way University more studying. Of New South Wales. No, what a master's means.
1: Oh, me neither.
0: Just m- <laughs> more study.
1: More studying. And I don't even work in that anymore.
0: But okay. So you did electronic engineering. Yep. Can you build a computer? Well, a computer is built by a team of
1: yeah but yeah, I know the architecture of the computer.
0: Okay, do you know what a quantum computer is? Yes, right. They yes. said something like when they said something like a quantum computer is still about uh, twenty thirty years away from being.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think for this co- this computers that we have now, they will be they will continue to be the the stuff that we use because quantum computers cannot solve, cannot, uh, you know, uh, play a game. No. Uh, the problems that quantum computers solve are more related to modeling of weather, for example, because ah, the answer... The, the variables. Answer that, yes. The query, when you have a quantum computer, it cannot say yes or no. It will say 80% this. It's sort of to, on a very high level.
0: All right, so for my understanding of a quantum computer for dummies <laughs> is um, a, a normal computer can either be, uh, information comes as a zero That's a bit, yeah, or a one. Zero one. Yeah. In a quantum yeah. computer, because uh, it's based on quantum physics being that a particle can be in many places at the same time, it uses that and expresses uh, a quantum bit of information as both a zero and a one at the same time.
1: Yes, sort of, something in those lines.
0: So then I went on to read that they said that uh, if you tell a normal computer to find a path through a labyrinth, yeah, it will try each option and give you an answer. Correct. A quantum computer will utilize the fact that it's both a zero, both a one, and instantly take every single path in the maze at the same time, giving you a quick answer. And therein, that's why you're telling me it can predict weather modeling because it uses the fact that it can be both a zero exactly. and a one to predict all the the wind factors in the weather, the rain, say, the clouds, yeah. the jet stream. Exactly. P- yeah. Okay, so we won't see quantum computers. We will not
1: use quantum computers right. as a you know day to day person on our offices in not, nah. but they will solve problems that are huge problems now.
0: They that still won't be able to work out our fucking weather in Melbourne. <laughs> Do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> they I'll still fuck it up. Probably. Only, only <laughs> Melbourne can go from 30 down to 11. Oh,
1: God. I remember uh, a summer day in 2020. No, 2019. I was going to lunch. I was walking from my car. And I came to lunch drenched in sweat. You know, it was embarrassing because it was my, my boyfriend's um, grandma. She had taken us ass, ass for lunch. And I was drenched in sweat. And then when I was going back to my car, there was that ar- Antarctic breeze that we get. Then rain came. And then when I got home, I had to turn on the heater. Yes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you explain that to your parents in Miami and they just think, yeah. you're, they think you're crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, they, they managed to come here on a holiday. Ah, so they, they experienced yeah, it. Even though they rejected it. Oh, that's, a, that's a funny story. I don't know if we have time for it. Yeah, of course. Because um, my my mom and dad came when I was living in Sydney and my sister was in Sydney as well to meet um, my nephew who was born in Sydney. My mother's visa was rejected the, because my father is a Spaniard. His visa was approved like that. So she,
0: your mother was rejected just for a holiday? Yes. To visit her own daughter? Yes. What the fuck? They
1: sent us a letter, a
0: three-page letter. Was this on border security on Channel Seven? Can we track? <laughs> can we track this episode down? <laughs> you can see Sam on Channel Seven. Well, no, she, <laughs> in season three,
1: <laughs> she wasn't rejected at the airport. She wa- uh, the visa was rejected, and they sent us a letter, pretty much describing the situation in my country. And basically, they said, "We don't trust that your mother will not overstay her visa." Sure. I mean. I understand your concern, but who the fuck is going to pay for my mother to overstay her visa? We can't. But anywho.
0: That seems like a really uh, disrespectful thing to say to someone who's coming to visit their daughter.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was heartbroken. My heart sunk when I got that email.
0: Like your parents are, they're not impoverished. They're living, they've got a residence, they've got an address, they they pay bills, they can prove they pay utilities. Well, that's what we ended up doing. What the fuck?
1: That's what you we can't ended treat up doing. people like that. And I really hope nobody from immigration see this. Because when when we went to the lawyer, he said, well, you need to submit the deed for your family home. You need to prove that your mother has ties to her country. And we were like, oh, cool. We'll talk to the to the old folks. And then they were like, yeah, uh, that that sounds great. But there is one minor problem. The family home is not in our name. And we were like, what?
0: Who wants your house?"
1: <laughs> Check this out. My father was in a huge amount of debt. I think we were, I was 10, so we wouldn't have known at the time. So he embezzled the family home with my uncle so that the, you know, debt collectors wouldn't take our home.
0: Fuck. So who owns the house?
1: My uncle. (gasps) I mean, we love our, my uncle is not going to take, kick us out. Well, there's no one there anymore, but (laughs) Yeah.
0: Your dad would have been fucked from his mu- from his wife, yeah, massively. <laughs> that would, that I would not want to be in that room. No, no, no. Well, my mom was in on it. Oh, she was in on it. Of course, she was. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and you know what? F- my sister is a Photoshop genius. This is a true story. <laughs> this is a true story. Because we tried to, and th- that is you tried to get in legally. We tried no, but we tried to to take the, the the house back, and the country is just such a mess. It's not a country anymore, mm. so it, it was
0: impossible to do a, a, a <laughs> change. So you photoshopped title. your the name the one, name of the, 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 the house uh, visa <laughs> stamp <laughs> in your yeah. Bonsai yeah. Beach.
1: Ah,
0: <laughs> oh, Photoshop! Thank you so much. God bless Photoshop, man. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yep. Uh, before we wrap up, we are yeah. running out of time, but I wanted to go back to uh, electronic engineering and just yes. ask you why you studied it. Where where did the, where did your passion come from? Like one of my hobbies is uh, physics for dummies. Yeah, I, I enjoy the universe, the Big Bang, particles, creation, black holes all that. I just find mm. it fascinating to the deepest, most profound mystery of all. Like where did that, where did that come from? And then where did the big bang come from? And what was before the big bang and infinite regress and so on and so yeah. forth. So where did, what's your passion, your drive, your love of electronic engineering? Where did well, that, What is that?
1: My love for physics came after my, my degree and it is all a bigger part of that sad story of me taking a transactional decision. I was like, well, um the the degree I started I got it in a public university, so I didn't have to pay for it um because that was you, a, that was a big factor. It? My mom was told me, I can't pay university, you have to get it into a public one which okay in all honesty in it used to be one of the top universities in the country. public universities in Venezuela were top level. it is like the MIT of Venezuela oh wow yeah. So um, there was this university, it was close to my home, traffic is a mess. It was all very circumstantial to me. Um, And I just took a look at the careers they offered. Um, My best friend was studying electronics engineering, my best friend from high school. She's the one that was like, yeah, my auntie told me that you have better career prospects. It was all about career prospects for me. Because I had that hunch that things were going to get worse
0: and well, i well yeah because at 15 you watched tv and said i've got to get the fuck out of this country
1: yeah yeah it's sad for us, a 15 year old to be doing that but Absolutely. that's that's what we all did what would you all so think?
0: you chose a degree purely for the purposes of giving you the most job opportunities when you went to be outsourceable yeah to be well, or, or even in my country
1: But, yeah, like, some people studied medicine, and that is not transferable across boundaries, uh,
0: across countries. Yeah, that breaks my heart every time I um, talk to an Uber driver, and he's a fucking doctor. Doctor, yeah.
1: Lots of Venezuelan Uber drivers in South America who are doctors, engineers. One of my friends, her mother is an engineer. She worked in the top institutions in Venezuela, technical, and she's cleaning houses in Uruguay now. Yeah.
0: Shit like that just gives me so much perspective. I know. It just makes seven days lockdown so much easier. <laughs> it's like at least I'll. Yeah, it I'll is a blessing
1: f- in disguise for me because um, I went, I, I had drinks with another comedian, Amna, yesterday. Uh, I've had her on
0: the pod, Amna. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she was freaking out and I was zen. And I think it's, you know, I know how bad shit can get and how minimal. A week, two weeks, a month even is in the grand scheme of things. So as, you know, it, it's not nice to have this sense of perspective. It, 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 it is a lot of grief. But in a sense, I am somehow very resilient to all of this nonsense that's going on right now. And for that, I am thankful.
0: All yeah. right. Um, where can we see you before we uh, wrap up? I'll post this, uh, I'll post it next week. Yes. So, So. Um, it'll be on soon, like in, in about four or five days, I'll post it.
1: Yep, yep. So, um, always uh, Tuesdays, 7 p.m. at the Red Betty in Brunswick. Yep. Every third Thursday of the month, I do a women's only and non binary performance lineup show. Yep. And I host it with Abna. Yep. It's called Raise the Bar, Claude Voltaire. Every th- Thursday at 7 p.m. Yep. And at the French Festival, I'm having two plays. My solo show called Please Objectify Me. Uh, and I'm doing a, a play with a bunch of other open micers. Uh, it's called A Performance by the Family Sickle.
0: Did you write the play? We are, yeah. We're oh, writing you're it all, all writing together. It. Yeah. Oh, cool. All it's right. meant
1: to be like a um, creepy humor sort of thing, like the Adams family. Yep. That that style that vibe. Beautiful. Uh,
0: <laughs> Sam, is your name Sam Serna? Serna is the, or have you? Serna
1: is Samantha. Yeah, Samantha Serna. We have two surnames in South America.
0: Ah, oh, two.
1: Yeah. First one from mom, Serna. My dad is Serna. The second one, mine is Venezuela. Not to be confused with Venezuela. And that's the one from my mom. My mom's maiden name
0: goes in my name. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you take. So you hyphenate your surnames no, in Venezuela? No, no, no,
1: no. We any form will have any first name, first
0: surname, second surname. Oh wow! Yeah, okay, cool. All right, uh, Sam Serna. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Cheers.